When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Spirit and Steinberg Podcast. Right here with Spears. How y'all feel out there? Good evening. Bartholomew Carrington the third. $10. A lot of money. Yeah. What time is it? Game time. Bug Space. Kick it. Red Foot's the liquid slave thing. Can you feel it better? And that's how I get outside. Hello there, podcast listeners. My name is Burt Bridgewater. Most of you may remember me from last week's episode when I described to you what a real man does. And I'm going to be one of the new characters here on the A&A podcast. Alongside characters like Brett Butler. Barrington Wilmington III. Yes, poor. Yes, P- Mc, Mc, Oh, fuck it. That name's too gay to say anyway. Ranfoot's Junebug Spade. And I'm going to find out who raped that young white Southern girl. And when I do, I'm going to rape him because that's what a real man does. Let me give you a few examples of what a real man does. A real man gets butt naked lathers himself up with chicken's blood, then goes into a cage full of hungry lions, closes his eyes, balls up his fists, and says, fuck it, let's see what happens. A real man never asks to borrow a lighter when he wants to smoke a cigarette. A real man puts the cigarette to his lips, douses himself with gasoline, sets himself ablaze just to light his own cigarette. A real man rides a bicycle without a bicycle seat, then rides all over New York City, purposely looking for potholes. Real men eat chicken wings, various other finger foods, and when it's time to wipe their hands and mouths, they use dirty magazine pictures as napkins. That way, when they wipe their mouths, they also eat the pussy. And last but not least, a real man can sit on the sofa with his best friend, and watch Brokeback Mountain. Not because they're gay, but because they know a good movie when they see one. And when they reach that part of the movie where the one homo says to the other homo, I could never quit you. That's when a real man reaches in the popcorn bucket, and when he feels his friend's cock, he looks him in the face and says, 
Oh, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw that guy in New York riding the bicycle. Without the bicycle seat? Yeah, yeah, looking for the potholes. Of, of all of those, which one did you like the most? <laughs> that one, because it just, because <laughs> if you live in, especially in Jersey, right. the roads are so fucked up. Right. And so they had the visual, the, you set the visual perfectly that that right. dude's sitting on there with no, looking for the potholes. Right. <laughs> that, one, that, that, that one got me the most. <laughs> but uh, the end with O Steve, I wasn't, I got so into what you were saying. Right. I, I even forgot O Steve was coming. Magic Johnson, nigga. Magic Johnson. Um, all right. Man food. Um okay. Uh Man Food by Malk, short for Malcolm. What's up, Aries? Malcolm writing you from DC and just wanted to say I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I started listening in 2019 and decided it was only right to go back to episode one to get a full scope of everything you and Andy discuss. And I did not regret it. Hmm. I got so hooked that in between new episodes, I'd go back and re-listen to old episodes two and three times. Not the same thing. I got to say, and Andy definitely started off as a thorn in my ass, but the guy's grown on me. I still disagree with a lot of his perspectives on life and his defense of Trump slash inability to remember shit literally makes my blood boil. But you can definitely see the growth. I especially wanted to give him props for the episode featuring Riza Islam. And then he puts in parentheses, that scammer, an ex-Scientologist who was indicted some years back on medical fraud. So I don't trust a fucking word that comes out of that hustler's mouth. Personally, I think you and Andy counted his arguments with very articulate points. Um, one aspect of the ANA pod that I fuck with hard is your discussion of man food movies, i.e. Ocean's Eleven, Carlito's Way, Man on Fire, etc., I always crack up when you put your favorite man food movies in the context of you getting home with a hoagie and chips or wings slash pizza and being able to catch it at any point, even with eight minutes left till the credits, till the credits, uh, LMAO. I was wondering if either of you guys have seen Extraction on Netflix. It's action packed from beginning to end and stars Chris Hemsworth in a light, in a light much different from Thor. I won't spoil all of the plot, but it takes place in India and Chris plays a special forces type cat sent to extract a valuable child. In my opinion, it takes the John Wick formula of quick stylistic combat builds upon it. The fighting shooting seems way more realistic. The camera work is phenomenal. There are a lot of one take action scenes where the camera is going in and out of rooms with little to no cuts. Shit is dope. Please check this movie out. and Discuss peace. Malcolm. Malcolm, I actually saw this movie. I have not seen it. You haven't seen it? Uh-huh. Here's the thing for me, man. I can't not see Thor. When I see Chris Hemsworth, Odin suck. I hear that voice in my head. Have care what you say. And the hammer. I'm waiting for him to extend the arm <laughs> and the hammer fly in. He's so Thor to me, I can't see him outside of Thor. Even when I tried to watch The Men in Black with him and Anna Thompson, which, listen... You already did it. Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. No one can replace them. And, and you know, 
him and her just, um, but I see Thor, man. I can't escape Thor. Um, yeah. So does he need, are you always going to see that or does he need to do a movie that is going to jolt you out of his Thor? I've, I've, I've seen several movies with him, but he always plays kind of the heavy, like, what do you mean heavy? Like the uh, like a, a the muscle bound yeah, guy. Yeah, the the, the no, he did one movie, a race car movie. Yeah, that was good, and I didn't see I Thor didn't like in that. that. You didn't like I that? I thought that movie. I couldn't stand that movie. I thought that movie was terrible. Oh, I thought that movie was good. Um, and then I saw that other movie. Remember that movie he did with one of the Bridges brothers, where he played the the psych, the psychotic, almost like the killer. He had the girls wooing all over him, like he was a cult leader. Yeah. And in the preview, he even did that thing with the shirt open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that was the movie where the black girl who played Harriet Tubman was in it, and she sang in it. Yeah, I I don't really remember that movie that well. I didn't. Right. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I just can't. I, to me, he's Thor. The race car movie, though, I like. You didn't. That was a Ron uh, Howard film too. I didn't like that. And Ron Howard makes great movies. Yeah, you didn't think it was shot incredibly. <sighs> didn't do nothing for me. All right. The best Ron, and incidentally, talk about man food. The best Ron Howard movie ever, Ransom. Yeah. Give me back my son. Mel Gibson and Ransom. Dude. He sounds just like he's talking to his, his wife, though. Uh, Andy and I, on the way home from, uh, where were we, Brea, we were in the car and we were listening to uh, Patrice and Jim Norton. Uh, you know, it, 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 yes. Uh, matter of fact, as I recommended to you guys, Patrice and Jim Norton, Independence Day, and I know I've said this on the podcast. You want a great laugh? You got to type in on YouTube, Patrice O'Neill, Opie and Anthony, the Mel Gibson tapes. What is that one thing Mel said that had them laughing? You get on your knees, you say you're sorry, and you suck my cock in that order. <laughs> in that order. In that, that, that was order. The- <laughs> Dude, that's something, man. Wow. And that didn't feel like there... You could never be apologetic for that because right. that was said with, with such, such gusto. Venom. <laughs> you meant that shit, yeah. nigga. There's no way that you could ever take that back. Yo, folks, I promise you, I, I'm not exaggerating and you will not be disappointed. The Mel Gibson tapes, nigga. When Mel loses his shit. I'm trying to tell y'all, again, that's pussy. Only pussy can do that to a man. Ladies, when you make a man's toes curl and you make us go, you take our souls. (laughs) And the idea of you either fucking somebody else or whatever. That's the only time I think men really feel ownership over women. It's because of sex. We don't want nobody else in that box. Big shout out to our girl who saw us in Brea too. I'm about to read her email. Um, My Sarah pretty little girl that I adore. You're the only one my heart speaks for. How I wish you were mine. Shamar. She was with us on this one. Uh, Brother Islam interview. I can't wait to hear the feedback about this interview. I'm sure many enjoyed it. I just have to say, and then she puts in caps, not everything is a damn conspiracy. It seems all his statements, thoughts, research are based on the belief COVID was created to harm people of color and or the poor. 
Also, I found him to be a quite hypocritical. He kept saying, everyone must research this, she puts in parentheses, and the like. Yet he wants us to blindly believe what he's saying. Most of his research seems to be based on, in caps, his beliefs that fit his narrative. Companies want to make money, but to, but to suggest every doctor is corrupt and or ignorant is disingenuous. I've noticed he says his opinions with the same conviction as facts. I'm sure that makes it easier to convince the uninformed. I was disappointed with his opinions with the same conviction as facts. I'm sure. Oh, so I was disappointed with Erica Lachey. She was a bit passive and just co-signed what bro Islam was saying when well, they both Muslim. So I think there was a connection there, Shamar. He said the vaccine was created in less than a year. That's simply not true, and he knows it. COVID vaccine has man. I think Andy said that. Yeah. COVID COVID vaccine has many of the same ingredients as the SARS vaccine from 2003. Uh, I have heard. I have a hard time believing the two of them didn't already know this. I'm so excited. It's almost NFL and NBA at the same time. Shout out to the ANA family, especially all the newer women. Welcome to the club, ladies. She wrote, "Ladies, I'm gonna say, welcome to the club, bitches." Um, I'll let you stab this one first. Well, yeah, yeah, I did bring it up. I didn't bring it up just about SARS because I brought it up also as they were they had been studying COVID. Uh, it wasn't called COVID nineteen <laughs> at the time. They knew the COVID virus from the bats. That's what they were studying. And when you learn about these new things, they're already coming up with, uh, with 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 cures. I guess is uh, there's I know there's a better word for me for the, than that. Uh, but they're already coming up with what's going to combat it. Um, but yes, and it's on the same platform as SARS. And that's when he said uh, about the the car thing, the ones made to go over mountains and right. ones on. But again, it's the same platform. I mean, they all came from uh, a base model of a car, which is four wheels on a frame. Uh, that's what you, you start with and then you build around it. Um, yeah, there were some other things like uh, what you brought up. Uh, and I let him get away with this. And I really wish I wouldn't have, because uh, as I look back on it and I listen to it, it really bothers me that I did. But I, I, I will explain something here. Uh, when I said there is counter arguments, he's then uh, both Erica and uh, and Riza said, uh, uh, yeah, and by the way, uh, I said Riza because uh, I'm not Brother Andy. I'm uh, a contributor to the podcast. So he's, he's Riza. Um, he said... Um, uh, when I said that, Erica said, uh, you said counter arguments, not facts. And then he said facts. And then they both like kind of did some hand bumping and facts. And I, I really I, I'm not trying to be racial here. And there's no way I'm going to say this is not going to sound racial. The way they did that, it, it just felt like uh, almost like a skit, like a like a diamond and silk kind of right. where they're bumping each other and giving it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I almost wanted to laugh at that moment. So I kind of stopped to really listen and then go, if you're laughing at this, maybe you're missing something. And I kind of really wanted to watch it. And I became a participant. I lost my participantship and I was just watching. And uh, yet they're all, this is, they're all arguments. We don't, and this is where it gets confusing. We, all these numbers are, are fact. These are the numbers. It's how you work the numbers and how you place the numbers to get to the uh, argument that you want to have. We don't have solid facts. We know that the virus uh, is X. We know that uh, how long these vaccines are going to last. If they're, if you want to call them vaccines, some are, some aren't. Uh, but that is part of this whole process. And 
uh, is it saving people is where I was trying to get to. And this is where we were at. And I, I shouldn't have let him just have that my uh, that what I was saying was an argument and his were facts. They're all part of an argument. Because if they were just straight up facts, we would have the answers and we'd be done already. And that hasn't happened. You know, to your point, uh, my man, actor, DeAndre Whitfield, I don't even probably know who he is. Um, he hit me up and he, he gave me such love because he said one of the points he made was, well, first of all, let me put this in the right context. I have caught so much flack over the clip that uh, one of the clips the Brother Islam put up and I was catching so much flack. A, I stopped reading them because they just enraged me. And two, I sent out a post for all the black people that are calling me coon and sheep and I'm caping for white people and white man is my master and my boss and I'm getting paid. I, and I don't want to go into that big rant. If you want to see that rant, just check out my Instagram post. But I was sitting there saying, it's like amazing. You dumb motherfuckers lack the, the, the mental fortitude to understand that you can, you, can, you can give me your opposing view without all the insults. The reason why you result to insults is because you're limited in your thinking based on how you was raised in your surroundings. So you go to what you know, because if you have a vocabulary, you can eloquently and intelligently, intelligently uh, give me your viewpoint with all the insults, uh, then that shows your growth because you know how to engage in a conversation as opposed to that shit. And what DeAndre said was, Yo, there were there were facts on both sides to support both arguments. Now, ultimately, whatever you really believe is your belief and you're going to do what's best for you based on that belief. But and Andy just kind of alluded to it. There were facts on both sides that supported both arguments, which is what makes this confusing, which was the whole point of the fucking conversation. Second thing, here's where I got all the flack. And, I, and I, apparently, I think I touched the nerve for all the niggas that eat bad and drink Hennessy. They went, oh, that point, that argument. And then they went on to say uh, how comparing the two was idiotic. Listen, if the food you're putting in your body, if the alcohol you're putting in your body is bad for you and can kill you, what difference does it make where you die, whether you die by gun or by inhaling gas? If the end result is death, bad for you is bad for you. So because they're going, nigga, a vaccine is different than that. According to Islam, Brother Rizza and Eric Lachey, this thing is death. This vaccine is going to fuck us up. This is going to kill us. It's going to do something to us. So whether it's the food or the jab, if the result is ultimately destruction to your body and to yourself, why is that so far-fetched? I don't understand why that's a far-fetched point. What I didn't understand, and this is what I didn't understand why people came at you for this. You didn't ask it as, you know, people are doing this and people are doing that. And then why should, why, what's the difference if they do this? You said, for all the people out there that are saying, you do this, you do that. You were asking it as a, as a, as a bigger question and you were waiting for for. Perez's response. Right. And he gave you a, a very valid, he gave you a good response. I mean, I, I appreciated his conversation. I really did. And I appreciate the conversation, but he gave you a response to the question that you asked. Everybody came at you like, this is your belief. Like you right. said this 
and that's why this and you got hatred for this ridiculous when it was part of part of the question that you put into the conversation so that he could answer that question. And instead of understanding that they came at you like this was your belief. And, and I'm very confused by some of the, uh, cause I read the, the YouTube video comments and I was very confused by why they came at you with that. I, I really am because either they didn't almost listen, anger, either they didn't listen to the, the interview. They didn't understand that these were what we were doing with the conversation. It, it was very, confusing these are to me. stupid people. Dude, I was reading, DL posted something today about a healthcare worker who someone came in because they had COVID and basically they did everything they could for like two hours to try to get them right. And endangering themselves. Endangering themselves. And that person died. And then the family member came in and tried to revive them for an hour and a half. And then somebody said, and, and you even said this during the RZA interview to some degree, something about cancer and diabetes. And 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 uh, God, I'm gonna fuck this up because I, I I want to put this in the right context. But basically, that another person responded and said, "Can you get cancer from breathing on somebody? Can you get diabetes from breathing on somebody? Why people can't make this connection? To use that as an example, like like oh, so do y'all not treat diabetes patients or cancer people? You know what I'm saying? You you should treat them the same way that you that you treat the COVID people or show them the same respect." Why is it such a big deal about the mask or the vaccine? And that's when the person said, can you get cancer from breathing on somebody? Yeah, I said you can't get, right. you can't catch fat obesity. Yeah, why? I don't understand. Like, that, to me, people are fucking idiots, man. Well, I, I just think there was, instead of, the purpose of us doing this was so that we could have an open dialogue, have a conversation, because what I don't like, and again, I think I said this on the podcast, is when you try to silence someone or, or a group of people, it makes you feel like you fear them because they are going to have, they're going to blow the lid off something that you're hiding. And that's where I think we are right now because we keep trying to cover, uh, quiet that side. Right. And I think it's important that the conversation comes out so that people can hear it and make their own decisions. And as we can see, yeah, there's a lot of people that are still going to agree that they're going to be stay anti-vaxxers, but there's people who agree on this side. And the more conversation comes out and the less, the more light you put on it, it's going to be easier for people to make the decision instead of going, well, they don't want him to talk about it. So obviously he's right. That's what, that's what's, that, that's my concern. Uh, the more we talk about it, the better off I think we are. That, 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 that's that simple. But for people to listen to it and not hear it and not, and, and just, and continue to go down the path is that some, one, one of us are right and the other one's wrong, regardless of what's said. And then look for things that they could just say, like you brought up that, that question. It's ridiculous. We might as well not have done it if that's all they got out of it. <laughs> and, you know, I just have to make this last point. Uh, before I came in Andy's room to record the podcast, I, I had the football game on in the Colts versus Tennessee as it was just starting. And I remember uh, I read somewhere where they said in, in major sports, 90% of the athletes are vaccinated. And these are healthy, young, in shape uh Men, and ninety percent of them are vaccinated. And I remember when I before I ended the the the, the interview with Brother Rizzo, I said, "So what's going to happen to me, man?" And so now I'm just sitting here going, "So all these young, fucking athletic, in shape dudes, they all going to die? They all about to get fucked up? Like I just, you know, the idea that." 
someone in government is creating something to take out the masses like that. Well, and when it's you, just, it, that's just preposterous to me. And when you say government, now you have to go worldwide government. So this means every government is in this. Every right. single government. Right. And when you have a conspiracy theory, there's a limited amount of people that can know about it. I, I, I forgot what the number was. I think it's 24. And if you go over 24, the world will find out about it. So uh, that means there's only 24 people that are involved in this conspiracy. Right. I, I have a hard time with that because it's worldwide. And you said the athletes, 90%. Where's, where, let's do the study on the athletes. Where, where's their... Uh, the fallout from them taking this, the, the right. COVID vaccine. And I just, I, I don't understand why it has to be. We have to yell I, the, again, the whole purpose of this, you saw four people sit down with different opinions and have a conversation, <laughs> a conversation where we had different opinions going into it, knowing that right. no one tried to out talk the other one. No one tried to over. I even got an email where someone said, Aries, you let him talk. You didn't, like you normally sometimes over talk Andy and yell and blah, blah, blah. First of all, we had company. And you should know how to act in front of company. company. Now, Andy and company, this is me and him. This is this is what we do, nigga. We know who we are in, the, in this ring. So that's, you know, if we were family, actual family, we talk like brothers talk. Motherfucker, I might yell over you. I might cut you off. But we had company. So I put on my best shit and, and I let him talk and let her talk because they needed to be heard. Sometimes Andy don't need to be heard. <laughs> uh, I just really, I, I really have no one can take, if, if nothing else that you take away from this, whether you agree with the vaccination or not the vaccination, that isn't really what I was hoping people took away. I was hoping that we could see how a conversation could take place between two opposing uh, ideas and still be able to have a conversation, shake hands at the end of the day and have respect for one another. That, that was, that was the, that was more than anything else. The most important thing in that conversation. This is from Jesse Burton, DMX and exit wounds. GB, GBP. Yo, Aries and Andy, my name is Jesse and this is the third. Uh, oh, Shit. And it begins. Yeah, baby. Thank God you have not ate yet today because it seems you got bad. And this is the third time writing in, and I've been listening for a long time, and I love the growth of the pod, and I'm looking forward to the future of the show. Now let's get to why I'm writing in. Exit Wounds with DMX and Steven Seagal and some other well-known faces are in this movie. And I got to say, man, if you guys haven't seen it, you should. It's definitely one of Steven's better early 2000 films, but I may just be placing it higher because I'm a DMX fan. It's got one of my favorite DMX songs. It's a remix of Ain't No Sunshine, and it's called The Same. And you can only find it on YouTube. So give it a listen. I'm sure you'll enjoy. Just wanted to let you guys in on that film if you haven't already seen it, since you guys were talking about Steven Seagal and John Jean-Claude. Garbage Bag Productions, GPB. As the CEO and CFO and GPB, I was curious if you guys have the analytics for the episodes. And if you do, if you do, then do they show if the bad songs have people turning off the pod? That's a good question. Just before it's over to save their ears or not. If it does, can you either play the songs at the top of the pod so we can skip past it or at least a snippet of the garbage to come 
so we know to turn it off. Uh, I bring it up because some of those songs are awful, but I'm, but also I'm curious if you guys get a ding for people not listening to the whole thing like YouTube did uh, with people not watching the whole vid so they can justify giving the YouTube a smaller percentage of the ad revenue. No matter what, you guys keep it up because this is a great pod and I always look forward to the list of new episodes. Sincerely, Jesse. You know, but Jesse, here's the thing. You know, um, you know when it's coming up because it's the very end. So when you hear us wrapping up, you if, if you turn it off, you ain't like there's more podcasts after the song. So you ain't missing nothing. You've gotten everything up to that point. Yeah, we don't get dinged for you not listening to that. Yeah, yeah. Because you've already listened to it. I forgot what the amount of time is that they have to listen, but the, 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 you've had it by then. Um, I forgot about Exit Wounds and Seagal. Uh, I think that might have been his biggest movie from a production standpoint, but from a great movie standpoint, I still say uh, the 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 where he played Ryback, the chef, yeah, the siege uh, on the boat. I thought that was you know look when you got Tommy Lee Jones and your shit, and at that time a a a, a, a normal Gary Busey, um, you got a great flick, man. Yeah, I don't think he was quite the same Steven Seagal in Exit Wounds. No, and it felt like that was more about DMX for some reason than him. But if you like it for that reason, then that's that's yeah. what we're saying. That's yeah. what we're saying it that way, but not from a single I need you to way. check on my pies. Come on, soldier. At least look in the oven to check on my pies. Anybody see Richie? Uh, yeah, but, you know, again, Seagal, pre-fat, pre-Luther Vandross Seagal. Well, Luther was fat and skinny, but, yeah, I like skinny Seagal. Um, yeah. Uh, anything else on that? No. Does Stigall still have his ponytail? He does, doesn't he? I think so. Yeah. When do you give up on a ponytail? But see, that's his uh, douche factor. He's he, he's not going <laughs> to give it up. He's a douche. To have a ponytail is a douche move. Um, like, Stevie Wonder can have a ponytail because he, he can't, well, well, because yeah. he, can't, he can't see it. Well, no, not only that. Uh, it's growing into a ponytail because what's up front is sliding in the back. back. Yeah, so it's a ponytail now. That nigga's whole forehead is an IMAX screen. <laughs> and he refuses to go bald. But it, but no one can show him. No. No, he could feel it, though. He could feel up top. Like His head is like Braille, nigga. <laughs> Maybe it says something on there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Making fun of the blind. Uh, Dominique Davis, comic leaders are just great. Good day or evening to you, gentlemen. Once again, huge fan of the ANA movement. Love you guys, and I pray continuous success on any and everything that you all touch. This is an assumption. Let me know if I'm correct in my thinking. Uh, every generation of comedians has a leader or leaders that are the face of that particular era. They set the standard for comedians coming under them. For example, I consider Dave Chappelle the leader of this generation, Eddie Murphy the leader of the generation prior, Richard Pryor, uh, Bill Cosby, and so on. Are those comedians looked at as leaders or just greats? If so, would you consider anyone now a future leader of this generation? Peace and blessings. Um, 
I think that's a two-parter. I think Dave Chappelle is the leader of this generation. I agree. But I also think... Um, I agreed with his timeline. Yeah. yeah. The whole thing, Cosby, Pryor. Yes. Um, but Kevin Hart is the leader of just box office, superstar, bigness. Um, and you know, it's funny. Uh, I forget what I was watching, but something where they made, and I've said this on the podcast, you know, Richard Pryor, movie-wise, never could accomplish what Eddie Murphy did. But Eddie Murphy, stand-up-wise, couldn't hold a candle to what Richard did. Richard was all over stand-up. Richard has the most albums, concerts. Eddie, again, we only know two things, delirious and raw. Richard's catalog is ridiculous, but Richard never had the kind of box office success that Murphy did. So I, to me, that's almost like Dave Chappelle is a stand-up juggernaut, but he's not a movie star. He, I, I, when have you ever seen Dave in, in, other than Half-Baked and I guess some independent movie he did with Bradley Cooper? You don't see Dave on a big screen. Whereas Kevin, that's what he does. Now, Kevin can also sell out arenas. And I think Dave could sell out arenas. But Dave is almost a boutique comic. Dave runs on Dave's rhythm. But I think both of those dudes are the leaders of uh, this generation. So when you say it that way, though, then where do you put Joe Rogan? Because his influence, not necessarily stand-up, but his influence is huge. With, with, the, with podcast, the podcast, yeah. Because that's, that's, that's a genre right. that opened up differently because it used to be stand-up movies or stand-up television. Right. Now it's podcasts. Well, you could put them up there. Uh, and this is me personally. I, you know, subjective. I think his stand-up is terrible. I, I, his stand-up doesn't do shit for me. Yeah, some very funny stand-ups. Yeah. I, I think so. But, but then who do you think is the new, gen, the new generation that comes after Kevin Hart? I don't. I, Have you seen I, anybody? Yeah, I, I, nobody moves me. There's there's a dude in New York that I think is very funny, I, and I don't know if he'll be the the thing for the the, the planet or the or the the country, but I think as far as New York comedy goes, right. Sam Morell, man, this dude white is white guy, white guy. This dude, there's a lot of great comics. I mean, Sean Patton is another great comic that I I, I love uh, right now, but uh, and, and there's and there's many more. But Sam Morell, for whatever reason, just the way he 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 delivers, man, I'm telling you, man, that's that's probably my favorite young new comic. He's not new by any means, but but for notoriety around the country, Sam, I hope Sam has a career. Right. Sam Sam's amazing, man. All right, um, Dono Boys from Dono Boys. I think this is the female I was talking about. I'm going to attempt to give you guys the considered version, condensed version, but trust me, I could go on and on about this. And let me add this $10 a lot of money because I'm not trying to proofread all of this. Anytime someone speaks against the extreme influx of homosexual couples on TV, commercials, TV shows, etc., I immediately go to, that's how white folk felt when blacks were filling the TV screens via commercials, TV shows, etc., so I pump the brakes each time those thoughts pop into my head. Then I realized something. It wasn't the fact that they were homosexual, and then she puts in caps. It was the extreme, almost exaggerated, in-your-face, look-how-sexual-we-are 
view that we are given. Let me stop reading right there. That's what I wanted to. That's what I was trying to convey. Yep. When I couldn't articulate what it was, that's what I was trying to convey. Like, you know, again, I said everybody should have an equal opportunity, a voice. But goddamn, the, the volume to which you are, and, and I hate to say that because it, may, it almost sounds like I'm saying, don't be who you are. Be who you are, but when, when who you are means deep tongue-kissing and graphic in your face, look at my sexuality, look at my choice, look at who I am, that's a lot. That's a lot to digest. Now, I want to play the other side because I, I may hear people go, so is it okay when a man and woman do it? To some, it may not be. This is where it gets dangerous, see? Because what I want to say, I could see, you know, I'm not trying to say, I grew up watching my mom and dad kiss. I, I've seen men and women kiss and that, I, I know what that, because <clears throat> what it sounds like is I'm going, you know, so what is it not normal for a man? Like I'm trying to say it's normal for a man and woman to kiss, but I can't say that because that's dangerous territory. You want me to jump in? Geronimo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I, you want me to jump in? Yes, please, nigga. I, I think part of this is, and, and I got a couple things to say that because I, I, I don't necessarily 100% agree with where she said, pump the brakes because uh, this uh, the amount. Uh, the amount has been uh, a lot because of this, though. And this is why I think it is. When one company, uh, when a, uh, there was a pasta company that ran, was going to run an ad or didn't run an ad. And the, oh, yeah, that's what it was. There was a, I think it was Campbell's that did the, the, the two right. guys were, uh, it was, uh, I think they had a, I don't know if they had a, I don't know, but you understood that they were a gay couple. And uh, a dude who runs a pasta company said, uh, we would never do that. And they had pushback. And I don't know if that guy still has his job or whatever. But the point, I guess, is if you're going to get pushback from one soup commercial, then you might as well go all in. And you might as well throw it in there because you're right. going to get pushed back either way. Uh, to your point, though, when you say how, how sexualized is it? I mean, there's a difference between a normal relationship on TV where you see a guy and a girl give a kiss, maybe, or a hug. Or, and when you watch a, a, a regular family film, I don't know that you see that much. That that isn't, the, that isn't the main focal point of the plot. Sometimes a plot is about the sexual relationship. Right. And if you go to a movie, whether it's a, a movie that has a gay couple or a straight couple, the that's and, and it is about the focus of the relationship. Sure, that's all going to seep in. I think where people are having some issues is that they try to include it in a lot more films or television to normalize it because it needs to be normalized in a way because you said something very, um, uh, what's the right word that I want to use for this? Uh, <laughs> I'm telling no, you, no, you, you said something in a way though that comes from, 
which I, I, I'm going to say it this way because of what you know. You saw your parents kiss. That's normal to you. That makes sense to you. That word normal is dangerous. Yeah, but it, it's use it. I, I think you can use it because you can use it as still to teach with the word normal. Yes, that's what you grew up. That was normal to you. That's what represented a couple to you. But because that isn't the normal, it, because a gay relationship has not been portrayed as normal, you do it sometimes just so that it gives some normal to it, it brings it to a normal place so that the guy, the kids living at home that do have a gay family, a gay parents, uh, that's normal to them. So they don't feel out of place. So they can feel like part of the bigger picture, the big, the big painting, the big uh, culture instead of being um, uh, marginalized and feeling somewhat because, because that makes you feel normal. That also then excludes somebody. Okay, so let me not do that. Let me not, I won't, I won't say normal. Everybody's right to do what they do is they right to do what they do. I'm just not with it. Like, for whatever, I'm, you know. But you, I, I do, I'm just not with it. That don't mean don't, you know, do that you. Does, that doesn't mean don't I, do it. I'm just it. not with it. That, I, I, yeah. Visually, I, I'm not with it. I, I, and I understand, I, and I'm going to be, I'll be completely honest here. When I'm not ready for it, when I'm not know that's going to happen, it catches me off guard, and I'm and I, and I try to be as open to this as I can. But there's moments when I go, "Ooh, I I didn't, I wasn't ready yeah, to see two yeah. guys kissing." Now that doesn't mean that I I, I want to do anything. Uh, I, I want to begrudge them of any rights or anything that they they should have. I was just caught off guard because I wasn't expecting that. Because again, what you said. That's not how I grew up. But as this, if I see a man and woman kiss, that don't catch me off guard. Guard. But as we see more of that, and it becomes a little bit more normal, it's not going to affect you the same way. But and and, and 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 you know what? I'm not going to throw this. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to throw this into our last conversation. But this, somebody had brought it up, uh, and I know it's going to come up. Uh, this isn't an American thing. I mean, this has been around since the dawn of time. This there has been. This I just can't I can't do this where like we're creating this. We didn't create this. This is part of this is part of nature. This is happens in nature. So uh and if this is who people are, let them be who they are. They're not yes. coming into your house yes. and, and telling you you gotta leave and or or stand in the corner and they're, watch us do this on your bed. They're not coming into your house literally. But when you're watching TV, right, and you see something that catches you off guard. It's in your house but you watch it. But to her point, that's the same way that the reaction was when 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 black folks were portrayed on but television. But then she makes the point that the difference is it wasn't so in your face. Yes. I agree, but either way, it's it, it's once like what's what's being black and in your face? Look at all, all my blackness on TV. <laughs> what is that? Is it do I pull my dick out and go see? See, this is all my blackness. But because it almost feels like, it, again, if you're limiting people to being who they are, because that almost sounds like the same as be gay, but don't be too gay. You know, then you could put that same logic to black folks on TV. Be black, but don't be too black. But And that's where it gets unfair again. Okay, but but let's 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 take that statement, which you just said, be black, but don't be too black. It isn't being too black that you that it would be offensive. It's it's the portraying a black person as over the top of what a stereotype would be that is offensive. Hmm. No, 
Yeah. Don't don't black people find certain characters on yes. to be offensive? Yes. Okay. So that's yes. that's. But uh, do you think I I would think, and I don't know. We we should have someone who's gay on the show to be able to yeah, explain that, this. You know, we're slowly gonna target. We're gonna eventually interview every person that we have uh, talked about. Talked about. I mean, we've had women. We've had brother Islam. I, I still want to get a, a, a man of the cloth on here, um, gay person. That way we make sure everything is covered by the professionals. But don't you think that a gay person sometimes, and I'm not saying this, I'm, I'm, I'm going just off of what I just said about any other person that, that gets put on a platform or a television program or some way and is portrayed by the stereotype. I would think that gay people would be, would be tired of the stereotype at points too. Because right. because of the stereotype, we know that there are always people out there that represent the stereotype. Right. But if that's how it's always portrayed, listen, you got to think about what is gay, okay? If you're if as a, I'm going to just use this as a gay male, two two guys together, how much fucking can they do? They have to have more to life than just fucking. They are a human being that goes to work, has a job, wants to succeed, uh, travel, experience things. Fucking might be what five percent of their life, three percent of that. What? How much fucking do you do in a, in, in your life? Me? Yeah, like oh, you, you think you're over ten? Ninety eight percent of the time. Okay, then you're <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it, it's more than that. So what I'm saying is, when you over when you when you stereotype any group, I think it's gonna it's gonna stand out that way. And I'm not saying that they are stereotyping that group. But uh, but I also think that there would be a section of the gay community that welcomes that flamboyancy. Well, because- Like, show us in all our splendor. You mean like Shaft? Like a badass black dude? Yeah, well, yeah, just just because don't run from it. Be who you are. Because when it's not part of the what would be considered the normal or general population, you welcome that because you want to get that out there. Same thing right now. Right. She finished, let me finish. She finished, she writes- uh, I don't want to see heterosexual couples being that intimate. And now I have this uncomfortable, in parentheses, to me, image in my head that I have to deal with. The godmother could turn, crew could turn the volume down on their flamboyancy a little, but that's more, and she puts the word in caps, my problem than theirs. But please pump the brakes on all the PDA. Well, uh, and, and I think that's the best point. Oh, go ahead. I didn't last realize, yeah, yeah, I didn't realize. P.S. I followed your advice to read the book in order. I would have, and this part where yeah, I said yeah. the last one, I would have missed Brother Islam and the discussion about the profuse exposure of same-sex couples on TV. Andy gets me. Wink emoji. Big, big love. Right. Okay. To what we were just saying, though, uh, I even forgot what my point no, is. No, you were about to. Yeah, but I forgot what it was. Because I told you, what did you say? How did you said that the best? My, like on hold. My your, your, your thoughts don't stay on hold long. <laughs> just Matter of fact, hold on. Um, ring, ring. Hello, who's calling? Hi, I'm Andy's thoughts. Yeah, can you hold on a second, please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Uh, I wonder if I'd be. Do you think I could be like? Maybe I'd be a genius. Maybe I would went to like a Ivy League school if I could remember shit the right way. No, you'd be a human, a regular person. <laughs> I think the, the genius is the fact that you can't. 
there's got to be a use for someone who can't remember shit three seconds after they think it. I probably could. I could have been a better like quarterback because I could have thrown an interception and then somebody I would have just not remembered throwing the interception. No, you would have been uh, made to remember because your teammates would have kicked your ass yeah. in the locker room. Um, e. C. Ali. Uh, man food right in. Listening to the man food app and it has me noticing the clear difference between blacks and Jews. Blacks exist off one sole principle. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to do me. And Jews exist on the concept of I do give all the fucks about all of us. Both is necessary and collides for a divine coexistence. Uh, but you should go back into you guys' catalog and just listen to how you naturally approach tough, top, tough topics as opposed to how Andy does. I love Uncle Andy, but he sounds like he's standing on trial amongst the judge and jury of comedy cancer culture. And you sound like Michael Jackson, who just arrived an hour late, not because of traffic, but because he has been performing and signing autographs for the packed crowd outside the courthouse. LOL. That's us. That's black. And as far as Lil Nas X making out on stage as opposed to Madonna and Britney, well, shit, that's simple, Aries. It could have been Corey Holcomb and the Precious and motherfuckers would have still been offended because when it comes to PDA, the public don't care about sexual orientation. We only care if you're attractive enough for us to imagine ourselves joining in. I don't agree with that at all. Um, example, Madonna and Britney are so attractive, it's easy to see yourself joining them on that stage. But Lil Nas X isn't. Now, I'm going to stop you right here. So you mean to tell me, let's take two de- uh, strongly handsome men in their 20s. You mean to tell me that if Denzel Washington was on stage and he was deeply tongue kissing Boris Kojo, nigga, you cool? <laughs> the public don't care about... Uh, now, if that was Prince, you don't have to imagine. That's a terrible example. You gonna mention the one dude who was known for nothing but bad bitches? Why would you use Prince, nigga? Um, you don't have to imagine because you know that pretty motherfucker kept a dime or two on standby for all of. Oh, he might have been saying my point. Uh, I apologize. I I got a little upset when you use Prince, but you you you're making your own point. All right, you yeah. Uh, kept a dime or two on standby. Uh, for all of us heterosexual motherfuckers engaged with, rather it was Apollonia, Carmen Electra, etc. This life is a me, myself, and I experience. And if we can't put ourselves in someone else's situation, we'd rather not pay to see it on stage. Till next time, peace and love, Uncle Spearsberg, the number one independent podcast, and I do mean independent. Drink Champs has Jay-Z, Diddy, and Nas. Joe Rogan has Spotify's bank account. Need I say more? Motherfuckers say they hungry for that real independent listeners digest. Well, here it is. Eat it. What do you got? I, you know, I think I made my points while I was reading it and I stopped. Uh, I, I don't agree with that. Uh, if you look good, it's digestible. I don't think that has anything to do with it. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not going to. I can't go there with it. I'm going to say this and, you know, I'm going to. Here we go. Um, it's because it's women. Men, men don't have a problem 
seen women kiss each other? I would have a problem seeing Rosie O'Donnell tongue kiss Penny Marshall. Because you, okay. And, he, and then this is the second part of this. Uh, they don't have a problem. Uh, and I don't think, yeah, I'm going to be generalizing a lot here. So I got to be careful. <laughs> uh, when you said Rosie O'Donnell, because then you, you, you're not looking at it. You're looking at it in a different way when it's a woman that you don't find attractive. Where What he said there, I think is is correct. If it's two women that you would that you would find attractive, yeah, you can picture yourself as that something that you would you would consider being part of. Right. If it's women that you don't find attractive, then you don't want to be part of that. And I'm not trying to. Uh, I'm going to butch it up a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't find yourself involved. And I'm not saying this about Penny, you use Penny Marshall. Um, I, I would say that you wouldn't find yourself wanting necessarily as a man to be in the middle between two lesbians that weren't what you considered to be like lipstick lesbians. I'd have to drink 478 Zimas uh, before I did them too. I used to have a, a joke that I, I, I slept with, a, I, I had sex with a lesbian. Uh, it was an amazing experience, but the scissoring hurt my balls. Uh, <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> I always thought that was funny because that she would be the dominant one, so I'd have to do right. it. Yeah. But... Uh, I, I I think that, and this is where it's it, it's it's a man's world again when it comes to this because it's how men look at it. Men don't see that in the same way that they see two guys, and I, I think there's a reason for that. And I think it's the the aggress when it's two women that look like women, what you what what men consider to be, I'm really sticking myself out here on this one, what society deems a, a feminine female, right. That's okay because that that seems soft. It seems easy. It seems nice. It's, right. it's the the penetration idea is minimal, and it's going to be beautiful when it happens. Right. Uh, we if you know anything, if you have friends that are are, are same sex uh, attracted friends, sexual the, the, the sexual in nature is aggressive, and I don't think that you see it as pretty as when you see what you can uh, two lesbians that represent what the idea of lesbian looks like. Uh, to the general public, that idea is is more um, aggressive. And to men, it's very aggressive. The fantasy for men is that when two women go at it, one looks like when they were at the height of their beauty. One looks like Halle Berry and the other one looks like Carmen Electra. Yeah. The, the, the most of the time, the reality is one looks like Drew Carey and the other one looks like Rosie O'Donnell. Which still looks like Drew Carey. <laughs> so, uh, what you're, what, and I'm not saying that just to be mean. I'm saying it because that's how, when men look at this, it's it's a very male idea. And what they said is correct. We could fall into a, we would be happy falling into that, and we would fit in, and everything would be cool. And that's why two girls kissing isn't offensive. Right. But. When you go to Middle America, I said uh, Drew Carey and John Goodman, and that would have been a good one too. But <laughs> dude, I do know some girls, some that look like John Goodman. Listen, listen. The funny thing to me is, and this is where I would want to interview a gay person to ask this question. Now, look, I've seen two women who look like girls and they together, but I've also seen a lot where one looks girly and the other one's got on jeans and work boots. And it, it it takes on this pers- the feeling of 
are they trying to identify one is like the man in that relationship and the, the one that's dainty and girly is the, is the girl, even though they both girls. But it's it's like it's like fairy godmother, Billy. Po- I've seen gay dudes, especially in Atlanta, where again they could be wearing a flannel shirt, jeans, regular shoes. It's a gay guy, but then I've seen the guys that wear the heels and the blouses and are over the top, and it's like, okay, you're a man, but it's like you really express yourself more as a woman. I think there's a. I think when you said that about the the two women and one looks more, I'm speaking in general terms. So if I don't get these terms right, it's not because I'm trying to be uh, uh, inconsiderate. It's just the terms that I my limited vocabulary will allow me to have. But to be when you see a a woman who progresses per, uh, portrays more of a male aesthetic, right, and one who's very female, I, I would think that you would just be looking at a relationship where one was dominant and one was more passive. That's what right. you're looking at it because isn't that isn't ideally in a heterosexual relationship aren't you projecting the female to be more passive while the male is more dominant? Right. So wouldn't you find the the confusion is when you look and I think for a heterosexual uh, for heterosexuals to look at two men especially it's hard for the man to look past the fact that one has to be dominant and one has to be passive. Right. So th- I think that has to be part of uh, part of it. Or if that's not the case, then you just think they're switching it up, and that fucking is confusing too. I mean, it, it's if you really if you if you want to spend a lot of time thinking about it, it's our own insecurities because if we're fucking who we're supposed I'm, I'm, to be fucking, I'm, I'm not insecure. But if we're fucking who we're supposed to be fucking, no, you're not because you just said I don't have a problem with anybody doing that. Well, There's people when take this to the. I'm just not with it. You're not with it, but you don't. You don't have a, that. You're not going to deny anybody the ability or, or say that that doesn't right. exist or can't happen. No. So you're not having the problem with it. You you don't like it so much in your face because you're you're uncomfortable with it. That's fine. Uncomfortability is, is the beginning of changing anyway. So that you could go, okay, I'm uncomfortable with it. I, you know it. Let's keep it to this, and then you become right. more comfortable as you learn the person because then you be, you start to understand the people. Uh. That's not a problem. It's the people who don't think those people should be should exist is right. the problem. Right. And then you don't think that they should have any representation is the problem. Right. I, I think that's where, where the problem is. And we could go on on this all day because we, as two straight guys sitting here, can have all kinds of ideas of what we think this is. We don't really know. We don't really know. I know what I know what my, my friends who are gay have told me, and I'm not expressing them the way that I, I want to because they're not here for them to coach me into making sure that I say things the, the correct way. You know, I wish sometimes Hollywood would be honest because Hollywood gets very hypocritical about this. You know, it's like, you know how many times Hollywood in movies has used homosexuality as a punchline? Yeah. They'll show something that's gay or the two dudes doing something and it's, their friends mock them and, so if it's so okay, and I'm not saying it's not okay, I'm just saying, if it's so okay because you get shamed for it or you get canceled for it, then why do they allow it to be a punchline? But because like they don't take it seriously, they don't they don't allow it that way anymore. But at one time, the only way representation of the gay the of a gay community could be out there is almost as the punchline. They didn't exist without being a punchline. So as that right. got worked its way in, now the reason people don't want to use the word like the reason why you're not supposed to use the word faggot. It's right. because that is supposed to be show that that's that 
because it was a punchline. It was the weaker. It, it, it like it when you would call someone that you meant that they were weak, that they weren't strong. Right. It wasn't just you weren't manly. It meant that you were weak. Right. So uh, it's understandable where where this is at. But I, uh, I I really think we do need to have someone come on the podcast. And, I would and, love and it. Because I, I honestly, I, I hate having this conversation without someone here because I know that I'm not getting uh, the specifics right, which could lead this conversation to be better. Yes. I'm going to read this last one. Uh, go out on a Brother Islam note. Um, Jamal Wedderburn. The Brother Islam episode. Uh, hey, Aries and Andy. A friend of mine told me Aries and Andy had a guest on their show the other day. He described the guest as a man born and raised in the United States. He's a charismatic speaker with a loyal base. This man does not trust the federal government and spreads misinformation. He constantly contradicts himself and is a self-proclaimed intelligent and wealthy man. He has an answer for every question and will never change his mind once he believes he's right. So I said, since when does Donald Trump do podcasts? The brother Islam uh, guy is full of shit. I never trust anyone who has an answer to every single question. That's a red flag. He started the concert. He started the conversation by saying Dr. Fauci couldn't be trusted, only to reference Dr. Fauci later to help prove his point. That's my phone spam risk. Um, uh. You can't have it both ways. He says not to trust the government because they uh, lie to you. But he references the CDC to prove his point. The CDC is a part of the same government you just said we couldn't trust. I have a problem with people who cherry pick information. Somehow only he could decode the truth. I got strong conspiracy theory vibes from this guy. I had COVID early in the pandemic and never had any symptoms. I didn't even know I had COVID until I was tested for antibodies. Um, Brother Islam gets COVID and is sick for seven days. He's not vaccinated, but I am. So if COVID didn't make me sick, why would I get the vaccine? Um, Because I care about other people. I don't know who Brother Islam was around while he was ill. However, if he were around other people a few days before he got sick, he probably passed the virus on to others. The same viral shedding he referenced in the episode is what he was doing days before he got symptoms. That's how viruses work. Finally, so many people with weak immune systems rely on vaccinated people to protect them. Polio, smallpox, measles, mumps, etc. have all been eradicated because of vaccine technology. Many people are alive today because of vaccines. To claim that vaccines aren't natural and could potentially be harmful is incorrect. Acquired immunity has been around for thousands of years. Humans have just found a way to mass produce it. The same herbs and supplements Brother Islam takes are extracted from natural resources put into pill form, but somehow that's okay. I'm a licensed pharmacist, so I've, so I've had extensive training on the topic, but Brother Islam would just claim I'm brainwashed and led astray. Sorry for the long email, but I had to share my thoughts. I do believe the United States is a problem. Like Chris Rock said, the United States is the rich uncle who paid your way through college but molested you. Despite this, it doesn't discredit the effectiveness of vaccinations. Thanks, Jay from Palm Beach. P.S. I started wearing moccasins with no socks, but I leave my polo untucked. (laughs) Um, Big, big props on leaving your polo untucked, though. Yes, yes. First of all. 
Uh, I, I agree with everything that he said. Right. And again, and I think you even made one of his points to Islam about uh, it being in pill form or the or, or the or the, well, or the herpes, yeah. herpes, all the smallpox, measles, mumps. Well, he was saying that you need to take these, but those generally boost your immune system, which is great. And every one of the things that is missed because I, I is when you say there is no. Uh, the right or wrong answer isn't necessarily all right there. Yes, Riz is correct. You should boost your immune system. Yes, we should have a healthy, a vi- uh, a, a strong immune system. We should be taking eating better foods. We should be uh, um, having a better a, a better diet. We should eat cleaner. Uh, we should be we should be healthier in many many ways. This is true. And, and there is no problem with what he said in vitamin C, mega dosing on vitamin C. I have no problem with up, with upping your doses of, of vitamin C. But that isn't a cure. That's preventative. That's preventative maintenance. Just because you take your car in and you get your oil changed at, at the right time and you, you, you get it looked at doesn't mean that there's not going to be a problem with your car. Right. When you yourselves, when we go and we get our physical every year, it doesn't mean that we can't have a heart attack. All this stuff still happens. You have to maintain it, and then you have to address problems that occur. And the vaccine to to just to, first of all, okay, let's let, going back to Brother Islam too here. He said uh, you could uh, detox. Well, well, fuck it then. Get the vaccine, and if it ain't working for you, right, detox. I mean, you can't do both. And and so he's talking a little bit out of both sides of the neck on that one. I have a problem with the way that he lays this out for other reasons that I've also said on this. But I wholeheartedly agree with what was what was the name of the pharmacist right there? That's all right. If you if you already put Jay, it in. I think it was just Jay. Jay. Yeah. Jay from Palm Beach. When you study how vaccines work. Yes. Again. There can be some problems with people having an adverse reaction. I'm sorry, D.L. Hewley just texted me. I think that he tried to call me because it said no caller ID. But I see I got a text from him. Yeah, he said, just hit you. Yeah, you got to call him back. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to call him back. But you, when you say that, uh, that the vaccine can give you other, it will cause other problems. Yes, there are people who are going to have reactions to the vaccine. Right. But there's people that have reactions to, to, to uh, peanut butter. There's people that have reactions to every vaccine that's on the market. There's people that have reactions to bananas, walnuts. We have, we are all built differently. So yes, these are going to occur. They're going to occur with the the vitamins that he's telling the people to take. They can actually have a reaction to some of those. So he is incorrect at at putting it just the the reactions to this. I I, had someone else hit me up. And they tried it now. Now, this is what I don't like about this, too. Now people are trying to convince me. So they sent me this a video and this guy used 8000 pennies and broke it down and showed four uh, showed uh, two pennies represented all the people that the vaccine basically saved. Well, if he would have used 4000 pennies, it would only be one penny. And if it would have been 2000 that he would have used to make the example, I don't know what man, pennies. this motherfucker thought he was going to go up against a Jew. With pennies and numbers and money no, and win. But all I'm saying is you can you can extrapolate any kind of uh, of numbers so that you can get it to fit the narrative that you want it to fit. We all can. This is just science. And there's a point where we don't, ha- we aren't, we aren't capable. Uh, we don't have the knowledge to participate in this science. So we have to listen and take the best part from what we trust from doctors and do what's best for us with what we've seen throughout history. And also, one last thing that I got to throw in. When they when they try, I didn't say this, and I was mad because they said they brought Tuskegee up. 
we've got to really take a look at what Tuskegee is. Tuskegee wasn't about uh, getting something that you shouldn't have in your body. It was about that they had a cure for something that was in your body and they weren't giving it to you. So it's exactly the opposite of what we're talking about. It was about not getting the penicillin and the penicillin would have reversed the effects. They studied the effects on these men that had uh, syphilis and they had the cure for them and they didn't get it. This is what we're ending up going to do right now. This is not a cure. It's preventative, but this is the best opportunity we have to slow down this virus and, 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 and keep it from mutating. I agree with this. The, I, I, this is what I agree with over here is with the pharmacist. You can agree, go any way you want, but that's what I agree with. There it is, baby. You're uh, not going to call him? No, I, listen, I, I'm not changing my stance. I'm, and it's funny because some people tried to write into me and, and, you know, speak on my behalf. Oh, man, you changing it up now. You scared. Just say you scared that you, you took it. No, I don't regret it. And if I had to do it again, I would do it. And I'm pretty sure I'm even going to take the booster. Uh, because I just don't believe that this is a conspiracy theory. I don't believe it. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not wavering. I wanted to just, for again, for the people to hear both sides. And then go from, you know, do you. But hear both sides. Oh, and just one last thing, because of the people who saw, the, if you did watch the video, he brought up... Uh, vaccines in Israel and 90% of, of the population being vaccinated, but then they had a spike. And I tried, I, I knew some of it, but I didn't have it all. And I went back and researched it. Yes, because we are finding that after six months, I believe the word is efficacy of, mm -hmm. of the vaccine, it wears off. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why they had the spike because they were fully vaccinated. As it wore off, some people were able to get the virus again. And that's why these boosters are going to be coming online. And I, I don't have any problem with the booster because this, the technology is like, like on a, yeah, I don't want to go into it. This is what it is. This is the best chance I feel to uh, get this under control and save more people than it actually hurts. Um, I'm, I don't regret my vaccine. And when I can get a booster, if I need a booster because I got the Pfizer, I'm going to get the booster. Mm. I'm just, I'm just looking over real quick. My Instagram, uh, and like this particular clip where everyone is kicking my ass, uh, I'm not. I haven't read it yet, but I just see a little bit of this brother who wrote me a long scroll of shit. But I think he's totally again. He bottom line, he says at the end, uh, this Muslim guy is troubling. Who deputized him, the spokesman for the black community? Can't wait to read that one. Well, I hope we have uh, Razan again. No, we. I, I want to, and I told him that, and he's looking forward to it. Uh, cause you know, he is insightful. That don't mean we're going to agree, but he is insightful. Well, I would like to have the discussion about religion. Uh, and what else do you say? Obama. You know, Obama. I would love to have the discussion. Um, yeah, I, I just think that would be, and, and hopefully that time I can be more than just, you know, an outside contributor. I, I could be part of the conversation. You should wear a bow tie, brother. Wear a bow tie? And a button up. <laughs> I'm, I'll, maybe I'll wear a yarmulke. <laughs> All right. Uh, any date announcements before I read this? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Guys, I, if you listened to yesterday's podcast, which I hope you did, uh, in, uh, let's see, it's going to be da -dun, da -dun, all East Coast again. Levity, uh, Levity Live in Nyack. West Night. West Night, yeah. And uh, it's going to be the 8th, 9th, and 10th. 
And then uh, that following week on the 13th, I will be in the Tempe Improv doing a fundraiser slash tuning up my hour that I'm supposed to have recorded in February. And then the 15th. I'll be at Tampa. 15th and 16th in Tampa Improv. Uh, that's actually not in Tampa, but in uh, Ebor, Ebor City. Nary Signs will probably be my opening act. Well, let's you better call them. Um, let's see, the twenty second through the twenty fourth, we're going to be in West Palm, which is a fun club, and then uh, Orlando. Uh, speaking of Orlando, the 29th and thirtieth, that's where I believe I got uh, COVID, COVID. From, from last time. Back to the scene <laughs> of the crime, baby. <laughs> so that's where, that's where we're going to be. Um, you can find us at all at any on any of your social media platforms that you want to find us on at Spearsburg Pod, especially on uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Patreon. Um, Those are the ones we're using. Facebook, in, Facebook, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what we're using mainly right now. Uh, but if you have something new or a platform that you think we should be on, please send that to us. Let us know that we should be on that platform because we uh, we we are getting more serious about uh, distributing our. Uh, podcast in different ways so stupid in a coca uh this is from chris mellon what up aries today we have a nine-year-old nine-year artist batty b from louisville kentucky home of ali her new single is called no cap follow the instagram and support at batty b stow that's b-a-d-d-i-e-b-s-t-o-w-e uh thanks for the opportunity Batty. Well, before, can't everybody send it in like that? Yeah, you should. That, that is the perfect. Yeah. Can, give them a little, give them a second to tell them what a great problem. Yeah, that was great. That's how you send in your homework to the teacher. So that you get, you get the proper response from what you do. Yes. Uh, enjoy y'all. Batty B from Louisville, Kentucky. We out this motherfucker. No cap. 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 Betty B. Brand new J's on my feet. Got me so fresh, no cap. Ooh, ooh. Everybody sitting on lit. They ain't even know that I rap. Ah, ah. on the girls my age. They ain't even me, no cap. Turn up, turn up. I work hard, living my dreams. Now I'm on the scene, no cap. Me and Big On got bands. No cap. Lip gloss popping in the van. No cap. Got my song on day dance. No cap. Now I'm turning up with the friends. No cap. Me and Big On got bands. No cap. Lip gloss popping in the van. No cap. Got my song on day dance. No cap. Now I'm turning up with the friends. Got, got a lot of views on YouTube. No cap. No stay fire my new shoes. No cap. Blue Jays on me like blue No cap. Skate through looking like new. No cap. Got a lot of views on YouTube. No cap. No stay fire my new shoes. No cap. Blue Jays on me like blue No cap. Skate through looking like new, no cap. Wearing new J's on my feet. Got me so fresh, no cap. Ooh, ooh. Everybody said that I'm lit. They ain't even know that I rap. Ah, ah. on the girls my age. They ain't even me, no cap. Turn up, turn up. I work hard, living my dreams. Now I'm on the scene, no cap. No, no, no cap. No cap. No cap. No, no, no cap. No cap. No cap. No, no, no cap. No cap. I get good grades in school. You know I'm too cool. No cap. My first video was a hit, and now I got two. No cap. The songs that I drive make me rich. Swimming in jewels. No cap. Got the whole city in my back. You know I can't lose. No cap. No cap. No, no, 
No cap. No cap. No Thanks for listening to the Spears and Steinberg podcast. If you'd like to know who's responsible for this shit, well, it was hosted by Ari Spears and Andy Steinberg, produced by Steve Merrick and Anthony Holmes, executive producer, Big Papa, Robert Kelly, and Matt Klein-Schmidt for the Laugh Button Podcast. For more information on where to find us on the internet, visit www.spearsbergpod.com. And that's how I get pussy. (laughs) 